We start today with our law and justice lead. The final moments of Donald Trump's civil fraud trial are playing out right now in a New York courtroom, a trial that cuts to the heart of everything that Donald Trump has built his name on. The New York Attorney General, uh, Letitia James's office, is, is finishing up their closing arguments right now. Uh, they are trying to make the case that Donald Trump and his adult sons, Donnie and Eric, and their company defrauded banks and insurance companies by lying about the value of their assets. The New York Attorney General wants Trump to pay $370 million in fine and for him to be banned from ever doing business in New York State again. The judge, we should note, has already found Donald Trump liable on one of the seven counts. Trump's team has rejected all of the claims of fraud from the very beginning, and they're alleging without proof that Donald Trump is being prosecuted because he is running for office. Donald Trump, once again, tried to turn the courtroom into a campaign appearance today. He delivered a five-minute monologue full of complaints in the courtroom that led the judge to tell Trump's lawyers to get his client under control. Mr. Trump then took his grievances down the street to the microphones at one of his New York properties. There he speculated without evidence that his legal troubles are the fault of Joe Biden and they are helping him in the Republican primaries. It's a shame to have to have gone through this for years and years and years and now we'll see if we're going to get an honest verdict, we have our best poll numbers, we have the best everything despite this, and maybe because of this, because the people of the United States, all of those people back there, but the people of the United States really get it. They get it better than anybody else. Let's bring in CNN's Paula Reed now. She's outside the courthouse in Manhattan. CNN's Kristen Holmes is also with us at 40 Wall Street, where former President Trump spoke this afternoon. Paula, Donald Trump's lawyer has spoken in that courtroom behind you for more than two hours today. The most consequential part, however, might have been the few minutes when Donald Trump spoke in court. Tell us about that. That's right. A dramatic conclusion to this months-long case that has enraged Trump and that threatens his family business. As you noted, his lawyer, Chris Kyes, kicked off the day by presenting about two hours of closing arguments summarizing the theory of the case, which is they argue that this is a political pursuit, that their client never intended to defraud banks, and that these institutions benefited from their relationship with Trump. But then, after Kaiser's argument, Trump was granted permission by the judge to address the court for just a few minutes. Now, despite the judge previously saying that he did not want Trump to give a campaign speech, Trump launched attacks against the judge, the district attorney, and declared himself an innocent man. Now, predictably, this prompted a contentious exchange with the judge, where Trump said, quote, they don't want me here. Let's get rid of Trump. I've done a lot of great things. The judge interrupted and said, one minute, that's all I'm saying. Trump told the judge, you have your own agenda. I understand that. The judge then asked Trump's lawyer, Mr. Kyes, please get your client under control. Trump said, Your Honor, look, I did nothing wrong. They should pay me for what we had to go through, what they've done to me reputationally and everything else. The judge then turned to Trump's lawyer and said, Mr. Kais, this could have been done differently and you would have had a lot more time. Mr. Trump, thank you. So look, Jake, while this is a legal proceeding, this is very personal to Trump and he often uses these proceedings to make political arguments. But I want to note, the attorney general's office is now offering their closing statement, wrapping those up, and they made a really important point. They said, look, none of the Trump arguments addressed a key part of this case, which are those false financial statements. They were off by billions of dollars and are at the heart of this case.
Jake? Kristen, you were at Donald Trump's press conference after this. Did his team make any legitimate legal points? One interesting part of this is that I've been to several of these, and this was the first time, or at least one of the very few amount of times that he's actually taken questions from reporters. Usually, it is an airing of grievances. I do want to note that this event, and I am an event on purpose, Trump really turning it into part of the campaign trail. After what we saw too. So, Kristen, I'm sorry, the audio is uh, is not working uh, on your feed right now, so I'm sorry about that. But let's bring in uh, CNN's Jamie Gangell and former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig. Ellie, let's start with what's at stake here, because Donald Trump can he can say whatever he wants, but the Attorney General of New York is asking for him to pay 370 million dollars and for him to lose his ability to do business in New York. How do you think the judge is ultimately going to rule? Well, Jake, I don't think there's too much mystery to this because the judge, as you said, already has found against Donald Trump and in favor of the attorney general on one of the seven counts in this case. And what's at stake here really is the ability of Donald Trump to do business, period, in the future. The AG is asking for an enormous monetary judgment here, up to $370 million. Even if the AG gets a fraction of that, that's a huge check. But really the bigger concern for Donald Trump here is the AG seeking the suspension of his business certificate, which would mean he cannot do business here in New York. It would vastly complicate his ability to do business anywhere else. It could mean quite literally the end of the Trump organization. Jamie, would Donald Trump have shown up in court today if the case weren't essentially about deciding the fate of his business empire and this image he has built for himself that has, that has served him so well as this uh, master of the universe, this successful Manhattan businessman? Well, in fairness, we don't always know why he, he sure. shows up in court, but there is no question this one, as you say, is personal to him. This is about his business. It's about money. It's about the brand. And I think what was interesting is Donald Trump is not new to court as a businessman. This isn't his first rodeo. And what we saw is actually very typical of him. He fights. He spins. He delays. He tries to exhaust his opponents. Uh, and even when he loses, he says he is won. So I, I think what we saw here today, no question, was personal. And Ellie, help us fact check a few of the, the claims Donald Trump made this afternoon. Uh, he says he was denied a, a jury trial. Uh, what's, what's the deal there? What really happened? He didn't even ask, Jake. Now, it's debatable whether Donald Trump would have been entitled to a jury given the nature of this lawsuit. But Donald Trump's team absolutely could have argued, we want a jury, we're legally entitled to a jury, and then litigate it. They never did any such thing. The judge said right off the bat, this is going to be me, the judge, deciding it. And Trump and his team never contested that. So it's disingenuous to claim he was denied something that he never even asked for. He also claimed that he has already won at the Court of Appeals. Is, is that true? So that definitely caused some head scratching. I think if you're watching at home thinking, if he won at the Court of Appeals, how could we be on trial now? The fact is he did get a win at the Court of Appeals, but a narrow win. The Court of Appeals ruled that some of the claims in this case were too old and had to be removed from the case. That happened. Those claims were thrown out of the case. All the claims against Ivanka Trump were thrown out of the case. But everything that remained in the case is now the subject of the trial. So he did win, but only in a very limited fashion. Ellie Trump also claimed that Michael Cohen has, has taken back, has recanted all of his testimony. I don't remember yeah, that Yeah, that's happened. not quite 
not quite accurate. Michael Cohen on the stand was asked at one point, did Donald Trump ever tell you specifically to falsify these amounts? And what Michael Cohen said, and he's been consistent on this, is that's not how Donald Trump operated. He didn't give us explicit instructions. We understood the general marching order. So he didn't take everything back, and his testimony didn't completely backfire. Michael Cohen's certainly got some credibility issues, but it was an overstatement as to what happened with Michael Cohen. And Jamie, this is probably one of the clearest examples we've seen to date, of, and there have been a number of them, of Trump using his many, many legal problems uh, as his uh, campaign platform um, are there any signs that this strategy isn't working for him? It, it seems quite the opposite to be working for him. I mean, we see the numbers going up, as we've discussed. He sees this, Jake, as very effective. He shows up. He gives these speeches. He thinks it helps him with the voters. He thinks portraying himself as a victim helps him, I think, with fundraising, with uh, getting his base riled up. So I think that... You know, obviously, he showed up today, as we discussed, because it's his business, but he thinks it is effective. And, and maybe the thing to point to is this. Donald Trump likes to brand. And what did we hear over and over today? That it is a witch hunt and that it is election interference. The fact that he keeps using those two phrases over and over, he thinks this helps him politically. Well, it certainly helps him with Republican primary voters. I don't know about the, right. the general election uh, voters. Uh, Ellie, in a normal fraud trial, as I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me that in a normal fraud, fraud trial, there are victims.